Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. The Colorado Supreme Court yesterday ruled that Donald Trump is disqualified by the U.S. Constitution from serving as president again because he stoked an insurrection on January 6, 2021. It was a four to three ruling. All seven of the judges on the Colorado Supreme Court were all put there by Democrats, uh, Democrat governors. Um, and we want to give credit where it is due. The three Democrat judges who uh, were in dissent of the four majority opinion, um, they had uh, they made they made good arguments. Carlos Samor Samor Carlos Samor. He wrote, our government cannot deprive someone of the right to hold public office without due process of law. Even if we are convinced that a candidate committed horrible acts in the past, dare I say engaged in insurrection, there must be procedural due process before we can declare that individual disqualified from holding public office. That's the key. That's the key. Just because you don't like Donald Trump and what he said or did doesn't mean that he had his day in court and so therefore now has to suffer the legal ramifications of what your opinion is. There's been no finding. And they cite, you know what they cited as their, essentially their, their, their uh, conviction was the January 6th committee, the J6 committee, the one that had two Republicans that were picked by the Democrat majority. Adam Kinzinger, the crier, and Liz Cheney. So, like, how is that? How is that a legitimate jury? And and of course, we also find out after the fact now with the release of all this other uh, video from Speaker Mike Johnson's office. Um, now you got people combing through these videos, and they're finding stuff that runs counter to what the J Six Committee crafted in their narrative building, right? This, this, the case has just so many problems. This ruling has so many problems. That's why I said last hour there are two main reasons here. One, precedential. In other words, you get a precedent ruling from Colorado. And it was just a matter of time before these leftist lawyers found a court that was willing to play ball with them. And so now they found it. This is lawfare, right? This is how they operate. So you you venue shop, you judge shop, and they finally found one. Um and so they litigate it, they get their ruling, and now it forces it to go to the Supreme Court. Meanwhile, the whole time you're fundraising off of all of this stuff, and you're creating a rally around the victim uh, response inside the GOP, um, and so Donald Trump's numbers go up when he gets indicted, and they're going to go up again, I'm sure, with this. And you get all of the other candidates, and they all have, by the way, so all of the Trump supporters who are like, well, the other candidates need to come to his defense. They have. They already have. Here's one, Sean Davis from The Federalist, the founder of The Federalist. He says, um, 
DeSantis and the Florida legislature should throw Biden off the ballot for having engaged in rebellion slash insurrection by dissolving the southern border and abetting invasion of the U.S. and by adopt uh, or using his corrupt DOJ and FBI shock troops to shred the law and constitution and terrorize and persecute his political enemies. Every other red state governor and legislature should do the same. Don't give the Supreme Court an opportunity to dither or punt on process like it did in 2020. Now, I believe Sean Davis is a uh, Trump supporter, uh, and one of the responses uh, to his uh, recommendation here was um, that if you're desperate for DeSantis to save Trump, then maybe elect DeSantis president. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yeah. uh, I mean, this is these are going to be the new rules. And for the people that have been screaming the loudest and most hysterically, about the democracy being in jeopardy from tyrants. You guys are certainly acting kind of tyrannical, you know? No due process. Charging your political opponents with all of these different charges, trying to rush them through. Jack Smith is apparently trying to accelerate the timeline, even though the the judge has told him no, because he wants it done before the convention, I think. So if there is a plan afoot, to make sure Donald Trump is the nominee and then to have him convicted before um, before or convicted after Republicans can make any changes. So he's going to be on the ballot in the general election in November, but he will already have been convicted and going to prison or something right? like that's is if that's the plan. Then I guess we're going to have to start seeing it go the other direction, no? Got a, uh, a tweet here uh, from Mick Dellinger, who says, uh, you never notice, you never hear Democrats say the words constitutional republic. And it's true. It's always democracy. Um, and, when, and as I said yesterday, whenever Democrats say democracy, what they mean is the Democrat Party. Um, Adam says, if the whole thing is a judicial farce and is sure to be overturned by the Supreme Court, then... Uh, Adam Wilday is likely correct. This wasn't about whether the decision would stick. It was about daring the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, to side with Trump and further delegitimize it uh, to the left and ramp up pressure. Yeah, I, I, I well, I, and that's the other, that's the other outcome here. Not only is there a, a sort of a, a, a messing with the electoral process. I don't want to say the word rigged, but there's interference, let's say. There's electoral interference going on, right? If that's the that's the first side of it. Motivates your base, right? You get to take a pound of flesh out of Donald Trump. Yeah, we hate the orange man, so you get that little uh, you know, you get that little dopamine hit, that little rush of yeah, sticking it to Donald Trump and everything. But you also now have this uh, the, the sort of downstream effect, which is when the Supreme Court takes this up and when they say you've overstepped your bounds, this is a BS ruling, they then can be attacked by the left and delegitimized as partisans. And, oh, look at them. They just love, you know, they just love Trump. They're just doing it. They're acting all, you know, hacky. Activist court and all this. And then that allows them to pack the court. If the Democrats take control in 24, I have no doubt they will move to pack the court. They have said they will. And so if they control all three branches, they will do so. All right, let me go over here and get uh, 
Let me get Ralph on the pro. Uh, no, can I get Ralph on the? Yeah, there's Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Hey, hey you know, uh, I'm so fed up with all this stuff. But to make a long story short, the American people need to vote on Colorado with their pocketbook. Because I know that's a big tourist uh, state and everything. So, mm -hmm. you know, let, let's vote on these activist judges and, and, and see how their businesses respond to, to what their elected officials are done, which I know they're appointed. Yeah, well, and so this, I mean, this sounds a little bit like the... Uh the HB2 boycotts that, you know, California did against North Carolina and other states, right? So um, the, the problem is they don't, they, they don't really work uh, at that kind of state level. But there is a, I mean, there is value in, yes, withholding your, your tourism dollars from places uh, because you don't want to support them. Um, so I get that. Uh, boycotts can be effective. They generally are not, though. Um, but they can be. Yeah, you know, it seems like about 4% of the electorate, you know, there's always going to be 4% of unemployment no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. But I've come to believe there's 4% of the nation that just want, you know, the orange man to go away and they'll do anything, even if it's, above, you know, Mm -hmm. Beyond the realm of, of realism. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, he inspires the, I mean this is why we call it derangement syndrome, right? Trump derangement syndrome. Because he de he anyway. deranges people's thinking. Yeah. Well, Pete, you have a great day. You have a great show, man. I, I try Thanks, to Ralph. tune in every chance I get. All right, I appreciate that. Thanks uh, for the call, Ralph. I appreciate it. Um I uh and by the way, when I say Trump derangement syndrome, I say that that goes both ways. There are other people who have been deranged by him. Uh, that think all fantastic things about it, right? Like you can't, you can't have an uh, like a rational discussion with some people on the other side of this thing. I saw the same thing with Obama. Uh, he had a cult of personality around him too. Um, of course, a lot of Republicans could recognize that, and a lot of Democrats could not. And now a lot of Democrats can recognize the cult around Trump, and a lot of Republicans cannot. So here we are message here from Russ. He says, this Colorado ruling is another in a long line of examples where politicians, bureaucrats, or judges blatantly violate the Constitution or even common sense and almost dare the citizens to challenge them, if the citizens even notice at all. I sometimes naively fantasize about what the nation would be like if government was actually compliant with the Constitution. Um, and then there's this from Zach Beauchamp. I think is how he pronounces that. Bochamp? Bochamp? Anyway, he's a senior correspondent at Vox, covering, this is his beat. Are you ready for this? He covers the crisis of global democracy. The crisis of global democracy. Not I, That's a pretty large beat, don't you think? The whole world. He, <laughs> he's got to monitor all the democracy on the entire planet. It's uh, it's it's. I hope he's well compensated. But he's at Vox, Vox.com, V-O-X, um, and they are a lefty publication. So what we're what have I been talking about for the last hour about the uh, the win-win outcome of the Colorado ruling? 
right? On the one hand, you get to, you know, you, you get this this juice of, yeah, sticking it to Donald Trump. We threw him off the ballot. Take that, orange man. And you also agitate the base, right? But also, you get the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, to throw out the case because it's garbage, throw out this ruling. And when they do, then you get to delegitimize the court. So you can pack it, right? Here's Zach Beauchamp. Quote, it's sort of a moot point since the Supreme Court assuredly will not let the Colorado ruling stand. But I think the pure legal arguments in favor of disqualifying Trump are very strong. And then he has a link to his article. The problem is we don't live in a world of pure law. It's already starting. They're already starting. They already know that the Supreme Court is going to toss this thing. They or, or they believe it, but they're like, even if that happens, you know, the only reason it would happen is because we don't have pure law. Tim Carney, um, he is with the Washington Examiner, I believe. Yeah, the Washington Examiner uh, columnist. And he says, uh, half the advantage of partisan Democratic lower court rulings is feeding the cynical effort to brand the, the U.S. Supreme Court as illegitimate or tainted every time it doesn't go along. And that's exactly right. You go venue shopping and judge shopping. You file these lawsuits. You then get judges to go along with some novel uh, or creative uh, legal reasoning which is unsupported by precedent or law, and then you uh, you expect the Supreme Court to toss it, and when the Supreme Court does, you get to attack the U.S. Supreme Court. Win-win. Unsurprisingly, this is what um, the, uh, the Trump campaign put out. Uh, Stephen Chung, Trump campaign spokesman, quote, Unsurprisingly, the all-Democrat-appointed Colorado Supreme Court ruled against President Trump supporting a Soros-funded left-wing group scheme to interfere in an election on behalf of crooked Joe Biden by removing President Trump's name from the ballot and eliminating the rights of Colorado voters to vote for the candidate of their choice. Democrat Party leaders are in a state of paranoia over the growing, dominant lead President Trump has amassed in the polls. They have lost faith in the failed Biden presidency and are now doing everything they can to stop the American voters from throwing them out of office next November. The Colorado Supreme Court issued a completely flawed decision tonight, and we will swiftly file an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court and a concurrent request for a stay of this deeply undemocratic decision. We have full confidence that the U.S. Supreme Court will quickly rule in our favor and finally put an end to these un-American lawsuits. All right, next up, we're going to get into some of the legal uh, dissection of the ruling. Jonathan Turley got uh, some stuff from Dan Bishop as well, so stay tuned for that. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out uh last uh, the uh, end of the last hour um 
we had a call from Tony, and I know there were some phone issues going on there, but uh, at one point he asked a question about people who had been, you know, convicted of uh, breaking the law, or I guess maybe even just accused of breaking the law, and whether that would prohibit them from being elected. And I wasn't clear if he was asking about, like, legally prohibited or that voters would reject the person. Um, and there's evidence uh, on both sides of this, like that they reject, like, for example, at the city council level, they rejected Pat Cannon, the former mayor who got busted for bribery, right? And then tried to run uh, for a city council seat again after he got out of prison. So, you know, city council uh, or uh, Charlotte City voters rejected somebody like that. Uh, but on the other hand, as Chris points out, Tijuana Brown, District 3, she won. And she's a convicted, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't remember if it was a felony. I think it may have been. But that's that was part of her story, right? Like she became an activist for decarceration and such. And so she parlayed that activism into a seat on the city council. So, yeah, voters put people into office. Marion Barry, my goodness, right? The poster child for uh, violating all sorts of norms and laws going to prison and then getting reelected. So I don't know if that answers Tony's question. He said he would listen afterwards. Chris uh, in an email to Pete at the Pete calendar show says, Pete last night, Kaylee McEnany read uh, where the court read from, I guess the court order. And it stated any write in entry for Donald Trump shall not be counted, which seems to me, especially over the line. It's one thing to take his name off the ballot. It seems like something else to entirely deny a voter's cast vote. Uh, that's a good point. I think I think that's a fair point. If if he were to mount a write-in campaign, I guess the uh, the lawyers on the bench they were like, well, you know, we we got to throw those away too because you know he wasn't convicted of insurrection, but we believe he should have been, and so we're going to apply that punishment to him even though he was never convicted of such a thing. Um, okay, hang on a second. I see some uh, press release here from House Speaker Tim Moore. Um, in light of recent efforts by activists, both here in North Carolina and other states, we believe it is necessary for us to explore legislative action to ensure the Democratic majority on the North Carolina State Board of Elections does not have unchecked authority to remove a major political party's nominee from the ballot. North Carolina will be a critical state in the upcoming presidential election, and removing a leading candidate in this race like President Trump would be an affront to democracy. Uh, this comes after the State Board of Elections here uh, considered a challenge to Trump's ability to be on the ballot. The state board delayed consideration of the matter in a four-to-one vote. Uh, Democrats may bring the matter up again before the general election, though. So uh, that was uh, the statement from Tim Moore and the elections chair, Representative Gray Mills. Uh, that's, the I guess, the House Elections Committee chairman. Uh, Gray Mills, they put out that statement moments ago. Uh, we have a quote here from President Biden on the matter. He was asked whether Donald Trump is an insurrectionist, and he said, quote, whether the 14th Amendment applies or not, we'll let the court make that decision. And that's, look, that's fair, because, right, Joe Biden um, never actually practiced law. 
So, I mean, he may have gone to like all the best law schools and had like a million GPA and, uh, you know, held all of these distinct. Oh, no, that's right. Sorry. He lied about all of that stuff, too. My bad. Um, so uh, he never practiced law. So, he, yeah, so he'll say, uh, we'll let the courts decide because I wouldn't trust his legal opinion on any of this. Uh, but then he goes on to say there's no question about it um, that he certainly, Trump certainly supported an insurrection. There's no question about it. None. Zero. And he seems to be doubling down on it. So as expected, right? Like that was expected from uh, Joe Biden. I don't think anybody seriously thought Joe Biden was going to uh, come out, you know, and say something like, I can beat Donald Trump. This is a stupid ruling. The Supreme Court would be completely justified in, in, in sending this back in a reversal. But he didn't unexpectedly um rick hassan or hasten over at electionlawblog.org he's of the left he says my bottom line is that the colorado opinion is a serious and careful opinion that reaches a reasonable conclusion that trump is disqualified nonetheless the opinion reaches many novel legal issues that the u.s supreme court could decide the other way should that court reach the merits in other words are you ever going to get to the merits of the case if you're looking at the merits rather than just like a process uh argument if you're saying like it's a jurisdictional argument you could just say it's process and and overturn without going after the merits of the arguments of the case the three dissenters hassan says on the colorado court did not reach the merits. They never even got to the merits of the case. Trump would need to prevail on only one of these legal issues to win on any appeal. So in some ways, the legal odds are with him. It is far from clear that the U.S. Supreme Court will reach the merits of the case. There are many legal doctrines like ripeness and mootness that would give the court a way to avoid uh, deciding the issues in the case. But it is imperative for the political stability of the United States to get a definitive judicial resolution of these questions as soon as possible. Voters need to know if the candidate they are supporting for president is eligible. And if we don't get a final judicial resolution before January 6, 2025, a Democrat majority Congress could decide Trump is disqualified even if he appears to win the Electoral College vote. And that would be tremendously destabilizing. Which it kind of sounds like Rick Hassan wants to avoid. Which I'm not so sure that your fellow travelers on the left agree with you. I, I, think, I think the destabilization is a feature, not a bug. I think that's the point. Destabiliz, uh, destabilizing the the system because I, i've said this before right that you create the chaos and then you sell the order and then people put anybody in charge that's going to bring order in fact we saw this in 2020 did we not what were what were um what were a lot of the uh the never trump republicans and folks on the right what were they what were they talking about do you remember remember this term my norms what about my norms? We want to restore norms. Decency is on the ballot. I think Jill Biden, sorry, Dr. Jill Biden said, right? They, they specifically positioned Biden as a restoration of order and decency and stability. Of course, we did not get any of that. 
But the more chaos you get, and Trump is a chaos agent, right? But the more chaos you get from the Biden administration, you, he's going to keep selling, and the progressives are going to keep selling more and more government as the answer to the chaos. And this case is another example of it. What about Jonathan Turley's take? George Washington University law professor, Jonathan Turley. Uh, He's got quite a bit to say about this, actually. Uh, David's got a tweet here. It's a tweet. He says, if Trump is not allowed to be put on the ballot in Colorado, I guess, can you still do a write-in and put his name down and vote? Well, you can, but apparently they're not going to count that vote. That's what... uh, Kaylee McEnany said um, last night on Fox. Um, Then there's this from uh, Ed Asante, who says, if the January 6th was an insurrection, where was the force to put it down? Was the army called out to suppress this rebellion? Liberal judges have completely changed what words mean to suit their politics. It's scary stuff. Um... Yeah, no, it was the first insurrection without any military force or basic arms. Guys didn't even have pitchforks. (laughs) Um, Jonathan Turley, George Washington University law professor. Um, He says the Supreme Court's going to have to get involved because there's not much time to make a final decision. And they also have to get, uh, get involved because this is dead wrong. I think they are dead wrong on the law. I think it's fundamentally flawed, both in terms of the language of the Constitution and the history. They had to adopt the most sweeping interpretation on every single issue. The only opinion that's not sweeping is when they get to the First Amendment and free speech. Then these four Democrat judges adopt a narrow interpretation, right? So on on all the issues about insurrection and all that... It says sweet, and does it apply to the presidency? They go as they go as uh, as broadly as possible to interpret the law how they need to interpret it to get to the decision they want to get to. But when it comes to the First Amendment protected speech of Donald Trump, then they go very, very tight, very limited, very narrow interpretation. They suggest Trump does not have free speech protections in order to establish that he was engaged in an insurrection. They go back to speeches in 2016. And they basically daisy chain all of the speeches to say, look, he's been doing this for a long time. Charlie says, I think the factual and legal basis of this opinion is really so porous that the Supreme Court will make fast work of it. The country needs some healing. And what the Colorado Supreme Court did is they basically took a blow at democracy in the name of democracy. Right. We're going to have to. We're going to have to kill it in order to save it, it seems like, if the Democrats' uh, strategy here is any indication. Doug, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Yeah, um, if I recall correctly, I I might have been asleep, but uh, they have not convicted Donald Trump of anything, much less an insurrection. And in this country, aren't we supposed to be innocent until proven guilty? Um, I think, I think so, unless you're a Republican, maybe. 
Yeah, well, I maybe think, in Colorado it's different. Yeah, maybe there's a rider on that constitutional clause there or something about uh, if your name is Donald Trump, then no. You're exactly right, though, Doug. There's, yeah. there's Not well, only have there been no there are, convictions, there hasn't even been charges. He's not even been charged with insurrection. The what? He hasn't even been charged with insurrection. Yeah, I know. Let alone convicted of it. Yeah. So, like, if you want, if you want to uh, hold him to the law and you want to penalize him so he can't run, then you got to get the conviction, right? I mean, he wasn't yep. even convicted in the Senate on the impeachment, either one of the impeachments. Yeah. Well, the Democrats seem to think that do what they want when it concerns a Republican. Yeah. This is why I call it Calvin Ball, Doug. I appreciate the uh, the call, uh, Calvin Ball where you just make up the rules as you're playing the game. It's a, it, it's a reference to the old uh, comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes. And Calvin and his, uh, his he had a, a stuffed animal, a little tiger, um, that was Hobbes. And, they, and they're actually modeled after philosophers, Calvin and Hobbes. Anyway, the, um, the, they would have, uh, they, they would play this game and... They would just make up all the rules as they're playing the game. And that's where we are with the with, with the litigious left. This lawfare, they're, they're just trying to make up law as they go along. And like you can see this really clearly when you follow the gerrymandering lawsuits and stuff. Right. They're, the rules that were written by Democrat judges uh, at the behest of Democrat um, lawyers and in Democrat-controlled legislatures in North Carolina, those rules got written, and then the Democrats lost control of the legislature and the courts, and then they started suing over maps that were drawn following the rules that they wrote. And then what happens? Now they start saying, you can't use those rules. And they start, it's Calvin Ball. They just start unwinding the rules that they wrote. Um... Charlie goes on to say it is, uh, in a piece that he wrote for TheMessenger.com. The Colorado Supreme Court has issued an unsigned opinion making history in the most chilling way possible. A divided court barred Trump from appearing on the 2024 presidential ballot. For months, advocates have been uh, filing without success in various states, looking for some court to sign off on a dangerous, novel theory under the Constitution's 14th Amendment. They finally found four receptive jurists on one of the bluest state Supreme Courts in the land. Even on a court composed entirely of justices appointed by Democrat governors, Colorado Supreme Court split four to three on the question. The majority admitted that this was a case of what they call first impression and that there was sparse authority on the question. So they even acknowledge this. This is a first impression that we may get this wrong. It's not, not a lot of authority on this issue yet. We're trailblazing, though. But the lack of precedent or clarity did not deter these justices from making new law to block Trump from running. January 6, 2021, Turley says, was many things, and all of them bad. However, it was not an insurrection. I was critical of Trump's speech to a mob of supporters that day, and I rejected his legal claims to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election in Congress. However, it was a protest that became a riot. It was not a rebellion. 
Even the Justice Department's special counsel, Jack Smith, who threw every possible charge at Trump in two indictments, did not believe he had sufficient basis to charge Trump with incitement or insurrection. And unless you're going to say now that we just abandon the rule of law, we just abandon innocent until proven guilty, we abandon these concepts that you have to give people the ability to confront their accusers, to put on a defense, right? If you're going to abandon all of that, I'm, I really don't think you're going to like the society that grows up in its wake. You're really not going to like it. But my warnings to Democrats on all of this stuff just... They, they, they are immune to hearing these things. They are, they are incapable of considering the downsides when they don't control the levers of power and when their own rules are used against them.